Welcome to Humans in Public Health. I'm Megan Hall. In the past few years, the field of public health has become more visible than ever before, but it's always played a crucial role in our daily lives. Each month, we talk to people who make this work possible. A year ago, just as it felt like the worst of COVID was behind us, we started hearing about a new outbreak, MPOX, also known as monkeypox. Epidemiologist Will Godell and clinician Philip Chan were on the front lines of responding to the virus in Rhode Island. They joined us to look back on what happened, how COVID affected our response, and what we've learned since. My name is Dr. William Godell. My name's Dr. Philip Chan. Mpox is in the same family of viruses as a more familiar virus, smallpox. It was the first disease we've ever been able to eradicate from humans through a really aggressive vaccination campaign. According to the World Health Organization, Mpox can look like other illnesses at first. Typically, people get a sore throat, fever, and muscle aches. But in the coming weeks, a painful rash can develop. I think what struck me as a clinician is the pain that these lesions can sometimes cause. Incredibly painful lesions on one's body, and sometimes, of course, in very sensitive places. And then we also saw some of these in very important places of the body, in people's eyes or throat. Treatment for MPOX depends on the symptoms, and there isn't a silver bullet yet. But there are medications in the pipeline. Certainly the treatment, Ticoveramat, was also a medication that's been developed for smallpox, has good activity, we think, against MPOX. Besides Ticoveramat, Philip often treats patients with ibuprofen, Tylenol, or something stronger for the painful rash. In the past, MPOX was seen mostly in Africa. But in 2022, the virus spread, first to London, then to other parts of the globe including the U.S. And it's transmitted mostly through skin-to-skin contact at this point, mostly through contact with any uh, fluids that come off of these lesions or sores. The virus seemed to be spreading among a specific population. We've, since last summer, have seen outbreaks among largely gay and bisexual men across the world. These viruses aren't, aren't sentient or anything. It's not like they go out and figure out who they're going to infect and why. But I do think it was a case of wrong place, wrong time. One of the larger clusters that first comes out in the epidemiologic literature during this outbreak is at like a large pride event in the Canary Islands, you know, that brought together people from Spain, its outlying territories, as well as lots of other parts of Europe. And it sort of also hit at a time where people were doing an awful lot of traveling that was sort of queer related. It hit as the pride season started to ramp up in Europe. That then brings into travel into the States as it extends throughout the summer. And so you had some networks of people getting into contact with each other that maybe wouldn't have otherwise that is going to sort of seed pockets of infection in other places. Philip was in a unique place to reach the people who are most likely to contract MPOX. Two years before, he and Amy Nunn of the Brown University School of Public Health founded Open Door Health. It's the state's only dedicated LGBTQ health center. The center provides services for primary care, sexual health, and preventive care. One of the reasons why we started this clinic was to respond in a timely and urgent manner to emergent public health threats. And certainly MPOX was a classic example where it was disproportionately affecting the LGBTQ community. As it became clear that MPOX was an issue in Rhode Island, Open Door Health sprung into action. And luckily, an effective vaccine called Genios, originally made for smallpox, was already available but supplies were low. If I were drawing some parallels between the COVID pandemic, I would say there was this hot minute during MPOX where we felt sort of the same overwhelming frustration and just 
inability to really address mpox because of the low supply, high demand with the vaccines. Like many of the COVID vaccines, Phillips says the mpox vaccine is given in two doses. Traditionally, the shots go into the fatty tissue on the back of a patient's arm. But after some review, the CDC decided it was just as good to give the dose right underneath the skin. And that method of giving the vaccine used a much smaller dose. That was a game changer because it allowed us to give several more doses uh, with the intradermal than just the, the fatty administration. So almost overnight, we were able to address the supply side of the Genos vaccine and, and meet demand. So when you switched the way that you gave people the vaccine, how did that affect supply? Did it double it? Did it triple it? How did it? Five times. Wow. Yep. Five times. But this other injection method also makes a distinctive mark. It like leaves a little bit of like a almost like a bubble, like a TB test under your skin for a little while afterwards. And that was a little scary for people. Will says there were concerns that the temporary mark the vaccine left behind might draw unwanted attention. Then there's general distrust of vaccines and public health on top of all of that. There's many, many people out there that could really benefit from this vaccine that probably haven't gotten it yet. Or even because there was a perception that we were running out of vaccines or didn't have enough, they didn't come back for a second dose. But despite those hurdles, Will was impressed by Rhode Island's response. Really was this kind of like all hands on deck thing and people were able to go to providers like Dr. Chan, who they trust, (laughs) and step up and get their vaccines. Those first couple larger vaccine clinics at at Rhode Island College were very, very well attended. I mean, it was like a weird sort of social event at a certain point. You know, I do really consider that first phase of response a win. Philip, who was also part of Rhode Island's response to COVID, says the lessons from that work helped with the impox response. The first is just the importance of communication and just communicating with the public, making sure that we were clear, making sure that we did it uh, regularly and routinely. I think what would have happened if we hadn't seen COVID before mpox is, you know, things would have been a little bit slower. For example, very early on, we had an mpox vaccine waiting list, which we found during the COVID pandemic was just really efficient and ideal in terms of communicating for people who really wanted that vaccine. But the ongoing COVID pandemic got in the way, too. Maybe the public health capacity would have been a little larger. We've lost a lot of our public health workforce over the last three years. And so, you know, maybe people's attention wouldn't be split. But even as we try to now tackle all of the things health departments normally tackle, they're understaffed and underfunded. It's been a year since the first case of the MPOX outbreak was documented outside of Africa. Will says that while the outbreak has seemed under control, vigilance and vaccination will be key. We're starting to see recurrent outbreaks of mpox after a period of very low activity. If people didn't get their second dose the first time around, it's time to come back for that second one. And we're at a point where we're moving again back into a pride season, back into a circuit party season where there's a lot of these like larger gay cultural gatherings over the next couple of months. And it's a, it's a good idea to sort of add this to your playing safer package, or at least that's the, the message that I like that's coming from the CDC. Speaking generally about the... LGBTQ community, what's your wish for protecting their health, for making sure they're getting all of the services and preventative care that they need? I don't think I could start this answer without acknowledging the fact that the transgender members of our community are being used as political footballs in the culture wars right now, and that across the country we are seeing a wave of anti-transgender legislation that is removing people's access to gender-affirming care 
is putting transgender youth at significant risks of harm by not allowing them to transition or having them being forced to be out to their parents if they're out at school. I think really the the kind of prevailing message for our Pride season this year is that it's it's yes, it's a little bit of a party, but it needs to necessarily go back to its roots as a riot. Our community is under attack in ways that it has and hasn't been before. And so my sort of wish is that people recognize our humanity, continue to afford us the same protections that everyone else has. Until I agree, of course, with what Will just said. And I'd say from a clinical perspective, and one of the reasons why we started Open Door Health is so that people would feel comfortable getting health care. And that would be my wish, is that people do check in with their provider. But at the end of the day, people need to be empowered to make their own choices in an environment that's comfortable and welcoming and acceptable to them. Will and Phillips say they're dedicated to assessing, providing, and improving care for the LGBTQ plus community here in Rhode Island. Some of that specific work includes ensuring MPOX becomes a problem of the past. But more importantly, their hope is that everyone, no matter the identities they hold, can receive care that is respectful, kind, and affirming. Dr. Will Godell is an assistant professor of epidemiology, and Dr. Philip Chan is an infectious disease specialist at the Brown University School of Public Health. Both provide consulting services to the Rhode Island Department of Health. You've been listening to Humans in Public Health, a monthly podcast brought to you by the Brown University School of Public Health. This episode was produced by Tino Delamare said and recorded at the CIC Podcast Studio in Providence. I'm Megan Hall. Talk to you next month.